You're listening to Nick's Snacks and KFKA, hosted by Nick Kenny. Nick is the CEO of the Greeley Philharmonic Orchestra and the 2019 Greeley Chamber Ambassador of the Year. Nick's Snacks also touches on local and global issues through Nick's perspective, offering unique insights into the world's happenings. Prepare to learn something new in this thought-provoking and entertaining show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, listeners from all over. You're listening to Nick Snacks on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA, Northern Colorado's voice. It's a quiet day in the studio. We'll have a guest later on in segment three, Jane Adams from High Plains Chautauqua. Learn all about their upcoming programs and what exactly Chautauqua is. Otherwise, it's going to be me and Micah. Just chatting for the first while, but uh, boy, it's been it's been some time since I haven't had either a guest host or a co-host or uh, just no go no guests. So, Micah, oh, I, I thought Alyssa was invisible. No, no, she's not here. She uh, begins her student teaching process next week, so she's had her last nick snacks for a while, maybe even forever. It's hard to say. I hope it's not forever because we didn't have a proper send off. So she's. A teacher? She's going to be a teacher? She is finishing her music education degree, uh, and her final steps of that is uh, is to get her student teaching. That sounds like no fun. She asked me uh, a couple of days ago in the office, both me and, and the GPO's new managing director, Michaela, who just left education to work for the Greeley Philharmonic. She goes, Nick, what, what, um, what advice do you have for student teaching? Gosh, it's happened in my memory banks from, gosh, 2015, 2017. I can't really remember. I think it was 2017. 16. Save your money. Well, one, you don't get paid for it. So uh, that's. I think that's the biggest crime is that teachers uh, – well, first of all, you're paying to go to school for that semester. You're paying tuition dollars, but you don't get paid to teach. Within three, maybe four weeks, depending on where your placement is and who your cooperating teacher is, you're taking over a classroom, whether it's a half of a day or a full day. You're taking over lesson planning. Um, You're doing a lot of work that you are paying to do. You're doing double the amount of work. You're paying a school, which is no longer teaching you for that semester. You're still paying those tuition dollars. But you're also not getting anything for student teaching. I'm sorry. I, I think that's criminal. That is criminal to me. College is a scam. I've said that for years. You pay uh, college tuition has gone up so much since two thousand eight. Uh, we honestly, you, most people don't need to go to college. Most a lot of people just don't use their degree. And what do these colleges use? Like they just waste the money. That's what colleges do. They just waste the money. They are so flush with cash. You don't need to pay that much money to college. But UNC's millions of dollars in the hole when Andy Feinstein took over. That's because it was wasted. Well, and uh, let's give credit to Andy Feinstein. When I used to produce the morning show, I met him several times. I talked to him on the phone. He's a very hardworking guy, but I'm going to stand by my opinion. College is a scam. Most people don't need to go to college. I encourage people to go to community college first. If you need a degree, you can take... I went to Ames. I got a two-year degree. Boom. I've been working here for 18 and a half years. And look at that. No student debt. 
None? No, well, I don't even want to talk about my student debt. Um, those are all Micah's opinions. I still haven't formulated mine on, on colleges and universities. There are definitely programs where you want people to go to school. Doctors yeah, and absolutely. lawyers and marine biologists. We saw what happened with George Costanza and Seinfeld when he pretended to be a marine biologist. He got uh, lucky and pulled a golf ball out of the air hole of a whale. Of a, yes. Um, that's oh Gosh, what a, what a great episode. Uh, but you're right. And colleges and universities do have have to change and adapt. One thing that's really neat that's happened in northern Colorado for those students pursuing a four-year degree is this Ames to UNC. Ames is the community college in Greeley doing very well. They do so much for students, for the community, um, but they're, they're offering two-year programs that then can be transferred over to UNC to finish a degree. So it's, it's costing students significantly less than the traditional four-year university. But uh, not, not every community has an opportunity like that, but people are looking back because I think, you know, millennials, uh, myself included, um, when I look back in my life, I'm like, wow, I got a lot, of, a lot of college debt to pay back. I had incredible experiences that I could not match anywhere else. But I think this upcoming generation of students is so savvy knowing, well, I don't want to be like, be like a millennial and have six-figure debt before even entering a workforce where you're not really compensated for that. There was a time where when you went to college, you would be paid for that. You have a four-year degree. You'd, you'd make a little more than those who might not have gone to college. You'd uh, have some, some high, higher positions in a company. But that doesn't really exist anymore. And I think that's why you see so much, you know, that there's this looks that, well, millennials, they're just not loyal. Well, I disagree with that. I think they are really loyal to themselves and looking out for what they're trying to accomplish in their life that maybe other generations have not had or have had. It, it depends on the person. I've worked with a lot of millennials. I've worked, I've worked with a lot of young people some of our best workers have been really really young some of our worst have been really really young so i think it all depends on the person how they've been raised in their work ethic you i i like to complain about millennials and gen z all the time because you know i'm an old person but it really all depends on the person it really does. Micah, you just like to rail on anybody, don't you? Yeah, and like colleges and universities. I like to rail on them because I think part of the reason why um, college degrees aren't as important anymore is because parents have said, oh, you need to go to college, you need to go to college, you need to go to college. Well, not everybody needs to go to college. You really don't. There are plenty of jobs out there that don't require a college degree. So there are people that have this this plaque on the wall with their degree, and they have a job that has nothing to do with their degree, and they're paying off the the loan. They're massively in debt. They wasted four years of their life. Maybe they had some real-life experience, but they didn't need to go to college. I would, disagree with, I would disagree with wasting life. Uh, for me, I took, I took a long time to finish my degrees and am not really using them. I, well, really not. I just have my music background, but really 
anyone can be a CEO of a Philharmonic. Um, I didn't have much or any business training, just a lot of opportunities in my life. Um, but I think the job market is shifting a bit rather than having those those skills that you can't learn in a classroom. That What's going to earn you a high-paying job? What's going to earn you that corner office? Um, it's not, well, I took 18 credit hours for four years or I took 22 credit hours for four years. Look at my degrees. It's a lot of those, those soft skills. I don't like calling them soft skills because they really are important, but it's the leadership. It's decision-making. It's, it's managing people and resources and it takes practice and experience it's, it's being cultured and there's a comedian I, I i was watching the other day and he was kind of railing on somebody who was talking about college and why how important it is that everyone needs to go to college he says gosh take the money take a fraction of the money that you'd spend on on a university and travel the world go to museums go to go to europe go explore and have real tangible experiences of, of immersing yourself in other cultures to put the world in, in a bit of perspective you can take all the classes you want but you don't learn those skills you don't get to connect with others and you know as much as people would like to you know go in and say well i, I took a i took a leadership class and so now i know how to be a leader well i don't know if i agree with that i've been in two leadership classes successfully graduated from them both and it wasn't really the we were learning a lot you know that first class i took about leadership what it's like how you how you lead people but it's what happened afterwards um when we we got to explore um We'll take Leadership Weld County, for example, provided by the the Greeley Area Chamber of Commerce. Exploring the many, many different, um, we'll just say, large industries in Greeley uh, really opened up my mind and my perspective. To tour, you know, one day we were at a carrot farm that in in northern Weld County that produces 96% of the carrots for Colorado, for portions of Nebraska, um, for pieces of Wyoming and Idaho, and it's here in Greeley. And then we're, we're, we're getting that tour and it was in the ground. Like, we'll take one carrot in the ground to a bag ready to be shipped within 15 minutes. It was one of the coolest tours to see how they were digging up those carrots, how quickly they were processed, what the workforce was accomplishing, and what they were looking for. I'm like, wow, those carrots, those are the same carrots I get at King Supers every week. I'm like, that was ground to bag in 15 minutes. And then later, we completely turned the tables and toured uh, JBS which is a meatpacking plant. So if you live in northern Colorado, Greeley ends up uh, being misrepresented as a smelly town because of JBS. That's not necessarily true. Uh, There are feedlots surrounding Weld County that when the wind's just right kind of blows into Greeley. Uh, But a lot of it is the farmland in Larimer and Weld County that has like manure that they're putting down. So I went in and I didn't know what to expect. Our whole class, um, what to expect at JBS um, from what you experience on the kill floor to seeing a cow literally cut in half with a giant chainsaw um, that was a bit gruesome that was that was a, a lot to watch but we got to see how they did it um, how they actually is as cruel as it sounds make it comfortable for the cow as it's going up to you know be put down did and you did you get free food we did not get free food oh. um, I, I don't think anyone really wanted to eat at that point uh, but well, so for me, I was just hoping up. maybe they would say like all right here's some some steak for you to take home. Here, here's here's your ribeye. Here's your here's yeah. your slab of ribs. I I, I think uh, that'd be awesome. I oh that would have been nice. Well, I have well I have some connections over at JBS to see if they can enhance their touring. But uh, the amount of of 
of people they employ um, from, you know, a line of 40 people, you know, seven, eight lines across that are cutting meat, that are packaging meat. They use every single ounce of that cow, which I, I had no idea about. It was fascinating. So having those experiences um, really helped me in my leadership positions of letting me see things through a different lens, a different perspective that, I'm sorry, you really can't get that in college unless you have internship opportunities. You, you kind of step outside of your comfort zone. We'll talk more about that before we bring in Jane Adams. Stay tuned. I'm Nick Kenny, and you're listening to Nick Snacks. Welcome back to Nick Snacks. I'm your host, Nick Kenny, here with Micah Kilpatrick. This Micah was going off on colleges. And I, I was also talking Shark Tank. In the and break. Shark, Shark Tank. That's a I, great show. I've seen it a few times. I've, uh, I, I'm fascinated by it. There are a lot of smart people out there, um, really creative, creative folks. It's awesome when you see like a 10-year-old who has already invented something and is hustling and is like busting their butts to, to sell their stuff. And they, they have their facts and their figures. And you can, you can tell the admiration of the, the millionaires and billionaires sitting there going, this kid is amazing. One day this kid is going to be awesome. I love the show, especially, you know, those moments when you have like a, a young person who just has a fraction of my age has already accomplished more than I have. I always root for them. It's always it's fun to just think like, huh, why didn't I think of that? Or why is this the first time this is being being thought of? Oh yeah, there there are a lot of those inventions. You you just look at that and like, ugh. Well, I, I also, think someone invented some kind of like pizza donut or something, and I I immediately wanted to uh, I don't know. I I think it was a married couple, so I I couldn't have married the wife, but I I wanted to buy into that company so I could eat those pizza donuts or whatever it was. I think they got a deal. I think one of the one of the billionaires bought into their company. Oh, I'm already hungry. I got well no more food talk, Mike. I'm gonna be ravaging the refrigerator here, but I'm not even sure if there's anything in there worth eating. We're not gonna talk about that anymore. Well we could. Don't know if I want to explore the studio's refrigerator and the leftovers here. There's um, lots of Mountain Dew in there. Yeah, I wonder whose that is. Uh mine. Ah, I did forget to mention, but want to give a special shout out to 477 Distilling, of course, the uh, the sponsor for Nick Snacks. And we are here in the Allo Communications studios um, before we get Jane Adams on the line to hear about High Plains Chautauqua. Um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of just thanks I got to forget. I, I'm growing a garden. I'm trying to. My tomatoes aren't looking too great. My lettuce and kale failed. Uh, and I have squash plants that have now overridden portions of my yard. Squash are enormous, too, by the way, in zucchini. Uh, but the other day, I, uh, it was probably Saturday morning, and, and I have to share my best friend who lives in Japan. I've known him uh, for about 10 years, ever since I moved to Colorado. We were in the trumpet studio at the University of Northern Colorado together, lived together for a few years before he t- his trumpet playing career took off, and he's now in a Navy fleet band stationed in Japan. Actually, he might have been my second guest on Nick Snacks a little over two years ago, but his sister was getting married uh, in the next couple of days, so he got to come back from Japan, and he hung out in Greeley for about five days. It was so much fun 
to hang out with him, to show him Friday Fest, to introduce him to the distillery, to go support some friends playing softball and just having some some fun. Um, gosh, it was just a, a crazy, rambunctious weekend for us. But I was uh, watering my garden Saturday morning, go downstairs, and my basement's uh, portion of it's flooded. Uh, leaking from the ceiling. I'm like, uh-oh, this can't be good. I thought it was my sprinkler system, and I don't run that terribly often. Uh, but no, I had the faucet, the spigot, for my one of my uh, the units that comes out of my house, I don't know, just completely burst and was flooding the ceiling. So I got to give a shout-out to SurfPro of Greeley and Windsor uh, for helping me, one, to move a piano into my home last week, but also uh, to give me some dehumidifiers and some fans so I can dry out my, my ceiling and my wall. There's no signs of mold or anything or some serious damage. Thank goodness it was only that day. But uh, now I have to find a plumber to go in and, and fix this little spigot. Which is a pain. You think this would have happened after winter time, you know, if it was accidentally had some water in it and and froze up. But the middle of summer, when it's I been just wanted, ninety-five degrees, I want to know what you ate. I didn't eat anything. I was going to say, how did you destroy the plumbing? Oh, this has nothing to do with that kind of plumbing, Micah. Oh, okay. It was just. Uh, although I did have food poisoning the week before, so that might have had something residual to do. No, it didn't. Um, you so, know, going back to the uh, college and university thing. There, there is a, a bit of a shortage, shortage on uh, plumbers. So anyone who wants to go into plumbing, those are some good trades. Good oh trades. yeah, those they make money, but they have to deal with a lot of uh, crap. A lot of crap. Yep. Yeah, I saw where that where you were going. I remember. Nope, Nick, you can't say what you want to say. Uh, no, really, I just uh, the more when I have interns and they're asking me, you know, what do I, what should I expect? How should I prepare for this? I just say, um, even when they're starting college, is like say yes to things, get out of your comfort zone. The more uncomfortable you are, probably the more you're going to learn, and the more you're going to grow. So you know, join join some clubs that you wouldn't otherwise have joined. Um, take a class that you have n- you have no knowledge about, um, but you're in. You might have an inkling of interest in. Like those are the biggest growing moments than, than our craft. I can't tell you how little I remember about music theory. I, I just, I mean, I'll read the symbols and I know what I'm looking at, um, you know, on a, on a piece of music or on a, a piano score, uh, any kind of score. But I mean, am I, I'm not using that in my daily life. And it's not really a topic conversation starter whenever I'm out with people or on a date or something is let me tell you about an F minor seven chord. That's all I can say. I mean, what am I going to go into detail for? But now that I do have a piano in my house, I'm going to start practicing again. Good for you. Now, and if you wanted to have that conversation about uh, music theory, I'd be all ears. That's a class I would be interested in. And as as you suggested, uh, join a club that you know nothing about but might have some interest in. I would probably do that. There's uh, some really cool stories that have been coming out recently and I'm a music nerd so I will uh I will be able to talk music through and through until I'm you know red in the face um but I was fascinated by the story. So Kate Bush's running up that hill uh, became an uh, an overnight sensation a couple of months ago with uh, Stranger Things and it was a it was a song that had uh took, I think, the longest time to reach number one on the billboards. You know, I think it took 37, maybe 38 years. Yeah, 37. But Classic FM, uh, which is a it's a music website that posts a lot on social media, encourage you to give them a follow, a lot of jokes uh, and, and just memes that go around, but also a lot of uh, a lot of really neat information. 
about uh, music. It's like the genius harmonic sequence that gives Kate Bush's running up that hill its emotional power. This came out in June of 2022 from Classic FM by Kyle McDonald, and it goes into the music theory of what the human ears listen for. And it was written in a way um, that, you know, music students be like, oh, yes, this makes sense. This is how our ears work. This is this chord. And this is why, you know, this transition from a G7 through a D major, you know, works. But it was 37 years after it was released. I just saw that. Um, but this was written in such a way that you don't have to be a music major or have to have had a class in music to really grab for it. Like, oh, and I wonder if it's enough for folks to be challenged to really dig into some of their favorite music. I know we were talking about on the Nerd Show earlier um, of the uh, the Upside Down playlist. So what is that that playlist, that song, uh, or the choice uh, selection of songs that's going to bring you back from the Upside Down to save you from Vecna? If you haven't seen Stranger Things, it's one of my all-time favorite TV shows. We talk about it at length on the Nerd Show, also on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Spotify is where I go. And yeah, this is so written and it's awesome so i'm listening to some of these songs that are there that i don't know if i've ever listened to in their entirety from my upside down playlist but they've they've compiled which is how they're data mining you you know which is a little scary but they've put together this playlist of music they think that i would like that could bring me back to reality like huh it's not the songs that i've liked or that i most listened to on on Spotify throughout the year because at the end of the year Spotify will put together your most played songs of the year and you can cycle through those but rather oh they're taking all this data of all these different genres that I listen to which are many for me uh, interesting fascinating and a little bit of scary of some uh, some oversight by what they're learning from us from these little devices we hold in our hands and in our pockets every moment of every day uh, they're gonna hopefully play a lot of metal for me they might. Although the, Spotify is always wrong about me because I, I use Spotify for work, and so it, it plays a lot of music that I don't like, but uh, it, it plays also a lot of music that I do. So who knows? Interesting. Very fascinating. We'll be back after this break with Jane, Jane Adams from High Plains Chautauqua. Stay tuned. You're listening to Nick Snacks on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Welcome back to Nick's Next, 103.1, KFKA, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Alyssa's usually here to tell me which ones they are, and I did not pay enough attention to what those were. Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher. Stitcher was one of them. See, I did learn something from Alyssa. She'll be back. Well, I've got Jane Adams from High Plains Chautauqua in studio and i guess we'll just have a spelling bee micah you're on the on the hot seat no that would be unfair because i didn't know how to spell chautauqua when i was typing it into the computer just now jane (laughs) so we get the most creative spellings of chautauqua (laughs) i'm gonna say c-h-t aqua that close so chautauqua is an Iroquois word with multiple meetings, including a bag tied in the middle or two moccasins tied together. 
is that what we're named after, Jane, for the High Plains Chautauqua? I love, I'm fascinated by this uh, by this word and how it fits with, with what we're going to talk about in the next couple of segments. It's fashioned after the Chautauqua in New York that is a residential Chautauqua, started, I don't know how long ago, with the spirit of education, community, coming together, and so forth. But that's a residential Chautauqua there. I don't know why they came up with the name. Uh, if Chautauqua Festival came first or Lake Chautauqua in New York came first. Um, but High Plains Chautauqua is fashioned after the spirit of this Chautauqua in New York, the idea of community engagement, uh, continuing education, learning, uh, debating, discussing. So, Well, and now that I look at it, if I would have not said uh, typed in Chautauqua definition, Chautauqua New York is the second hit on Google. So I <laughs> see uh, in the 2020 census that had a population of 4,000 people, uh, but most known for its uh, education and, mm-hmm. of course, Lake Chautauqua there. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Jane, tell us about High Plains Chautauqua and, and what its role is in the artistic community in Greeley in northern Colorado. It's really exciting to have the community turn off their televisions and <laughs> come out every evening. We get 750 to 900 people under the tent every evening of Chautauqua. And what it is, is a living history program. Um, Fashion, again, after the tent Chautauquas. Not to be confused with the Boulder Chautauqua, which, like New York State Chautauqua, is a residential Chautauqua. Um, This is uh, fashioned after the traveling tent Chautauquas that were very popular early 1900s, uh, where troops of actors, entertainers, politicians, orators, even some popular ministers like Billy Sunday, uh, would go from community to community, set up a big tent, and they were the entertainment, the activity for that community for that week. Uh, and you can imagine, way back 1900s, there probably wasn't a lot available to these little <laughs> communities, and that was a big deal. My mother-in-law said, oh, I remember the tent Chautauquas. That was awesome. But then people got their automobiles, they got radios, they've had they got that busy. kind of entertainment mm-hmm. and the traveling tent Chautauquas died out. Along came several humanities councils in different states who decided to resurrect this idea of the tent Chautauqua because of its ideals of uh, community discussion, learning, uh, and it's a value and I have to brag that High Plains Chautauqua is probably the biggest, most successful, long-going tent Chautauquas in the country right now. 
That's incredible. Just right here in northern Colorado, here in Greeley. Um, and it starts this weekend. Uh, well, early next week, August mm-hmm. 1st to 5th, uh, at the under the big tent at Ames Community College. Um, just looking at the, the characters you have play, I'm just fascinated by who you select to bring in. You know, is it a board that decides? Do you have a programming committee? And are these local folks who are playing the likes of Alexander Hamilton or Abigail Adams? Uh, we have a program committee, uh, very democratic. We sit around, discuss, and everybody's ideas are respected. Uh, we choose a theme, what would resonate with the people this year. And, of course, part of that is what excellent Chautauqua scholars would be available to flesh out that theme. And usually we go all over the United States for our characters. Mm. Um, this year, actually, we're quite fortunate. There, there are several Colorado Chautauqua scholars who are very good at characters that fit into our theme. That's fantastic. So, what is this year's theme? Becoming America. All right. So starting with the uh, early colonial period, on Monday night, we start with Alexander Hamilton from Colorado Springs and Ale- Abigail Adams, uh, a Chautauqua scholar from Grand Junction. Then we proceed on uh, Woody Guthrie, who resonates with the uh, Dust Bowl era and uh, many of his songs related to the travails of the common man, and legendary ladies who do three cameo short portrayals of uh, Catherine Lee Bates, who uh, wrote the words that became our song, America the Beautiful, Mm. Um, uh, Mother Cabrini, who I don't know how many people realize that we no longer have Columbus Day in Colorado. Instead, the legislator had uh, declared Mother Cabrini Day. Hmm. So this will be a chance for people to learn something about Mother Cabrini other than the sign on I-70 that points to Mother Cabrini Shrine. Uh, Also a lady, um, Elaine Goodale Eastman, who was called the Sister of the Sioux, and she was sympathetic to the Sioux nations Hmm. and their uh, concerns. So... That's remarkable. And yep. looking at Wednesday's programs, I mean, these are full-day events starting in the oh. morning with coffee and conversation with the Chautauquans now. Are they are they in character during these conversations, or are they themselves, you know, kind of talking about their experiences performing as a yeah. Chautauquan? Yeah. During coffee and conversation, they are the Chautauqua scholar. So you can ask any question you want. During the evening, when they're doing their portrayal, during question and answer, you are addressing the character and asking questions of the character until the Chautauqua scholar then breaks character. And then you can ask them current kind of issues. But uh, they stay in character until that point. I'm looking at this now, and I think I'm most excited. And we'll talk when we come back uh, from this break, too. But Wednesday, August 3rd, uh, we've got Jane Swisher appearing as Audrey Hepburn. 
I mean, what a oh gosh! I, I, like when you when you're asked, you know, to go back in history to meet mm-hmm. a movie star or a celebrity, I think Audrey Hepburn would be at the top of my list mm-hmm. um, of, of of somebody to meet. And you're yeah. telling me we can we can meet essentially Audrey yeah. Hepburn next week. That's right. And that is portrayed by a young Chautauqua scholar. Each evening we are featuring one of our outstanding young Chautauqua scholars from the school district six. Um, they auditioned for this honor. That's remarkable. We'll hear more about High Plains Chautauqua, more about the programs that are happening next week in Greeley, and again, more from Jane Adams when we come back from this break. Stay tuned to more Nick Snacks. Welcome back to Nick Snacks on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA, brought to you by 477 Distilling, located in downtown Greeley. They are releasing, they are re-releasing their maple bourbon this Friday. I tell you, nothing goes better than pancakes and waffles and a maple bourbon from 477 Distilling. That's when you're having breakfast for dinner, not breakfast. Right? Yeah, we're not going to have maple bourbon for breakfast. Oh, it's so tasty. Uh, if you're able to get out, that will go fast. I know Scott Magerflesh, co-host of The Nerd Show, uh, that's one of his favorite bourbons that comes from uh, from 477 Distilling. I should say barrels, so the maple barrel. It's not a bourbon. Uh, the maple barrel bourbon. It's so tasty. So that comes out this Friday, and appreciate their sponsorship. We're here in studio with Jane Adams. Um, we're chatting about the High Plains Chautauqua, learning about the history of Chautauqua. Um, this is all rather new to me, even though I've been in the community for quite a while. Um, how just... Remarkable! Is this the first year back that we've done a full Chautauquan program since COVID? Yes. The last in-person Chautauqua was 2019, which was our 20th anniversary of Chautauqua. We did Encore, where the audience the year before had voted for which scholars, which characters Mm. they most wanted to have us bring back. So that was just a wonderful year. We had 2020 planned. Great lineup, canceled. Uh, So we brought back that lineup for last year as a virtual, which just nothing like the in-person Chautauqua. To be there with your friends and neighbors and under the tent and beautiful evening Colorado weather and ah, seeing the scholars, seeing the character yeah, in and, and kind of real life. Now, when yeah. somebody's walking away from, you know, attending one of those programs and being in the presence of, we'll just say Alexander Hamilton, because mm-hmm. that's a good buzzword going around ever since oh, Hamilton yeah. came out uh, several years ago, uh, what's an experience been like for an audience member who maybe have never been before? Was how, I mean, just engaging and authentic and kind um, of an experience like that be? I would hope and I really firmly believe that it is really engaging. I think people who come for the first time are surprised at the enthusiasm, the connection to their community, the uh, wonderful way to learn and relate 
these long-time historical issues to present-time issues. It's it's a great experience. We have people coming, like, from, can I say it, Fort Collins? Oh, we can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who say, well, why can't we have a Chautauqua like this in Fort Collins? <laughs> I said, you can't have it. We have it. <laughs> yeah, and that's great that other communities are coming in and being oh, a part yeah. of this uh, just to experience um, you know these historical figures. So the evenings we have, uh, we'll go through Thursday and Friday's performances, but Thursday, August fourth, get to see and experience uh, Dolores Baca and mm-hmm. oh Annie Oakley. Um, Elsa Wolf will be performing as Annie Oakley. Now, do they like to be called performers, or do they prefer being that character? They are Annie Oakley. Um, when they're in character, of course. They're Annie Oakley, but they are Chautauqua scholars. Is this uh, their full-time job, or is this uh, you know just something that they've they've studied over the years? They perform as that character, mm-hmm. and they get to travel and be a part of Chautauquas across the country, or is this their full-time you know performing gig? That varies. Um, many of the initial Chautauqua scholars we had were college or university professors. Uh, especially in history or political science, and they found portraying this an important character was an enlivening way to bring that character to their students. And so they developed this. But more and more we're finding professionals that this is really their career. Now, many are still a mix. For instance, Larry Bounds, who will be Werner von Braun, is a teacher— and um, but he's also does several characters. I was going to ask that next: of do they have to wear? No pun intended, because they're all wearing hats in this lineup. Do they have to wear one hat, or they can be multiple multiple performers? Um, there have been some years that we had one Chautauqua scholar actually do two characters during that week. He didn't do Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr, right? Because that would be a little awkward. I'm <laughs> oh, sure. Yes, <laughs> correct. Yeah. Now, how would Hal, I'm not sure if you know him very well, react to somebody challenging him to a duel while he's in character? Would he say no? If I know somebody in town named Aaron Burr, would it be appropriate to bring him to <laughs> to Monday night? Or you know, Is that pretty traumatic still for, for good old uh, Alexander Hamilton? Well, I think he'd react as Alexander Hamilton would have reacted. And so accepted Hal, the duel, Hal huh? really gets into the character, and he's a very lively scholar. Oh, this is so much fun. Uh, HighPlainsChautauqua.org. You can find all the information for this year's Becoming America program, August 1st through 5th at the Big Tent at Ames Community College. And that's uh, High Plains Chautauqua. I'm going to spell it C-H-A-U-T-A-U-Q-U-A. Uh, .org. So High Plains Chautauqua, you get the whole lineup. Jane, how long have you been involved with High Plains Chautauqua? Actually, from the first year, uh, in a very modest way, uh, I said, oh, this sounds so exciting. Can I do something? And so I handed out brochures and program guides as people arrived. And I was really intrigued and asked, ah, could I be on the program committee? I think this would be so interesting. And people have a way of pulling you in. And so I've been involved ever since. That's remarkable. So you've been and probably have seen, if not every performance, most of the performances. What are some that have stuck out the most to you, the most impactful? Oh, my gosh. That would be so hard to say. 
so hard to say. Is there a theme one year that resonated, uh, you know, incredibly well? The encore yeah. year sounds fantastic because it's like the all-star team that you brought back. Yeah. Um, but is there a time period or a historical figure that you you most look forward to seeing okay. or experiencing? To me, the most fun theme was the fifties, um, because that's when I. You know, my coming of age period. And so there was so much that resonated with many of us on the committee. Now, now we know we the live show. With, Jane's <laughs> got a lot of family in town, so we're gracious yeah. that she's in studio today, taking some time away as she's got a lot of family in town, and also leading up to a really big week next week. Yes. Now, when you have a, a figure up there from the 50s, do you bring your family and your kids and you're like, hey, this is how it was, pay attention, asking some leading questions so they can see what it mm-hmm. was like from their perspective on when you were, when you were growing up? Mm-hmm. That's oh, just That's so nice. much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when you're coming in, who? Uh, what's your audience like? Is it nice and well versed with all the young Chautauquans that you have here? Is this? The, well, let me just ask that. Like, who? What's the? What's the audience like? The crowd, the vibe, the feel. Um, it varies. We have all age groups. Uh, we really, really want to encourage more of the youth, and young Chautauqua is a way for that. But we have. You know, all age groups. There's Anybody who wants to learn and be involved in discussion. Yeah, and I think that's a really neat, immersive way to mm-hmm. learn. You're not mm-hmm. hearing it from a from a history book or from a podcast. Well, no. you're hearing it from a podcast now. That's <laughs> ironic. Um, but you get to just you know yeah. communicate and and learn from. Mm-hmm. Like you said, that person is so in character and have studied them so much. Just remarkable. Um, my last question before we wrap up today, Jane, is um, with Chautauquans, how many Chautauqua organizations are there across the country? I cannot answer that. I don't know. Uh, I know do know that the number has dwindled. There have been some outstanding Chautauqua programs in other states uh, but for lack of either manpower, funding, or just interest, they've kind of dwindled away. Sure. Uh, fortunately, we feel the interest and in, has been strong enough here, uh, and as evidence, really, in the sponsorships, we continue to have wonderful, generous sponsors that make this available so that people can attend for free. That's fantastic. There's She's no been very adamant admittance. about for free. So this won't cost you a thing. Check out org. See their lineup for next week. And hopefully you can step out one night or more and experience uh, some remarkable history told from r- incredible actors and characters. Jane, thank you so much for being on the show. Great to have you on. Excited to learn about this program. And for every listener, this is our cutoff. <laughs>